Hello everyone, I'm Carmel and I'm just popping on to uh, talk to you as promised in my last social media um, little short video to expand on um, the concepts of good, light, evil, shadow, darkness, and all of those um, all of those factors that are around us all the time and that we hear the words thrown around a lot, but we really sort of go into the depth of what they mean and how they uh, intervene with us in our everyday lives. And as I said, I touched with that, on that a little bit in my last video. And I've been wanting to go more in depth and, um, and it's, it's a tough one to navigate because we, none of us wants to admit that we have a lot of darkness or evil that's presented itself in our lives. We can see it around us. I mean, often we can see, for example, when there might be a drug addict, we can see that the effects of drugs enter the body and they make that person do something that they would not normally do. It could be, it could be steal and lie, lots of lying happening with addictive behaviors and, and you know, assaults and, and even murder and, and attacks. And it's like that person has been, um, you know, infiltrated by another, another thing, another being. And that's a demonic presence. I mean, addiction invites your soul open to to have another entity, if you like, coming into it. And um, so that's going on that scale. Just wanted to bring some context into where I'm, I'm going to attempt to go today with this whole subject, because I think it's something that's, um, that's really needing to be talked about a lot more. Evil is very sneaky. It's very, very secretive. It hides and it puts on a lot of clothing and a lot of cloaks, puts on a lot of masks and a lot of disguises. And it hides everywhere, it hides all around us. It hides in the behaviors um, of ourselves and the behaviors of others. It hides in um, it hides in blame and it hides in um, judgment. So whenever we have whenever we're taken in a downward spiral of emotions, there's always a lot of shadow in that downward spiral. And there was always evil just lurking around, waiting for us to sort of step into it. For many months now, I have been, you know, given a, a very vivid image that we are, it's like we stand on a moat and around us is, is a, a quagmire, a a lake, or it's even worse. It's um, it's like quicksand. It's like um, it, it's, it's a very sticky substance. And at first, I was given the words uh, a pit of despair, and I was just given an image that it's it's very easy to lose our footing and slip into that pit of despair that's going on worldwide around us in these times. And it's hard to pull your foot out of it once you're in. It's, it's sort of easier to slide into it and to then be comfortable in it. It's, it's, like, it's like when you go off your gym program and you, and you start to you know, eat more, you put on weight and, and you get lazier and, and you, know, you sort of get lost a little bit in horrible as it sounds, but you know, uh, greed and, and gluttony and sloth you know, at the, at the very end of those, of those um, patterns. So, you know, you overeat, you eat the wrong food, you don't move as much, and it's, it's quite slovenly, you know, the behaviour, as I said, taken to the nth degree. And that's what happens to, that's where we can go in and out of and in and out of. But I'm feeling right now there's a bigger divide and that once you slip into this pit of that, that shadow, that evil, um, you know, that's, that's sort of waiting around us, it gets harder and harder to pull yourself out of. So that's when looking after our own, um, our own spirituality and our own soul and our own values really takes a high priority and it must take a high priority no matter what. You must look after yourself no matter what. And it starts with the simplest things. It starts with diet. It starts with moving your body. And it starts with choosing who you surround yourself with. And it starts with escalating the way that you speak and what you listen to, what you allow into your world. So that's just, you know, sort of getting us into a framework of what I, I want to work uh, with today. Now I'm going to be doing some reading of some little things that I've written down and then expanding on them because I don't really want to miss any of the concepts that I really, really wanted to come on and talk about today. 
I have um, spent some time cleansing the space around here because I've, I've been really called to, you know, to cleanse a lot lately. And just the, the act of lighting, you know, the, the uh, Palo Santo that I have here from South America, just the act of lighting that with the flame as it happens, just, you know, just even watching how the flame shares itself into the Palo Santo and then creates something new from that same flame. So we too can connect with good or evil, shadow, dark, light, whatever you might call it. It's that simple. You go next to it and you can pop into it and you can catch its flame and you can walk away with it completely separate now, but shared. What's the source that you're lighting yourself from? Okay, so we've just lit that Palo Santo. I just really, as I was doing that around the room before, I just thought I really wanna share that with you. So just cleansing the space with this. You can use sage, you can light candles, you can you know, play some nice music or bowls or anything you like to, uh, to get that energy flowing and moving. Figure eights are a beautiful energy to, uh, to get a nice clarity happening within the space and to just clear any old patterns, you know, that any stuckness in the air and in the energy around you. So just all around, all around the computer. Uh, okay, so as I said, I have, you know, been called to do that. I've been called to do a lot of my own toning because I find the strength of the tones that I bring through is just more powerful than anything else I know in cleansing a space or an area. And if you've never heard me tone before, um, there's things that you can probably listen to. I may even do something at the end of this video. But uh, you know, I bring through these these um, these tones and these um, often uh, a, li a little bit of the uh, singing or speaking comes through with it as well. And that is just cleansing the space that I'm in. And or if I'm on zoom with somebody or on social media i'm going to be cleansing that that connection the connection as well um okay so just going into first thing that i, I want to go to in you know, into today um there's an illusion that's been very prominent especially with the um, the emergence of new age spirituality that we sort of shun that there's even a an evil presence around us because we all say um, you know been sort of programmed and taught and changed from the old religious beliefs so our old religious beliefs we might have come out of a religious uh, background into new age spirituality and we've sort of gone well that's not right you know dis the catholic religion dis the the whatever religion it might be um, because we have nothing to fear. Everything's good and we should be able to attract everything that we want. And there's only abundance of good. There's only an abundance of good in the world. And let's just focus on that, focus on that, focus on that. And let's just walk away. And the only uh, evil or shadow around us is of our own doing. Now, to an extent, that's absolutely true. But the way our world began was always with the yin and the yang, it was always with light and dark, good and evil, there has to be the opposites, there has to be with absolutely everything that that is that we use that we live that we breathe everything today, there is the opposite of what we say there's truth and there's untruth, you know, and there's, there's, there's health and there's lack of health There's lack of wellness. So there's always the opposite end of the scale. So of course, there is good and evil. And of course, there is a presence of good and evil in the world. Now it's changed the way it presents from as our, our um, earth has grown and evolved. Um, so I have some experience of how mine really, really showed up and reflecting on it, it's, um, it's pretty, I don't know, it's interesting. <laughs> And it's also, you know, I'm going to tell you something that I haven't put out there before because it was um, something that I didn't really like to, to own, but it's true. So, you know, several years ago, I went through a very down point in my life. There was, there was depression. There was, you know, I think it began with postnatal depression. And then I had 
uh, some surgery to put some contraceptive devices in and they, they just changed my whole um, structure and, and I, I became very, very anemic after that. So I became very drained. So then because a lot of my life force was taken from me, I, I spiraled down into, um, into a very like a low level depression, which is like a, it's not a deep state of depression. It's just that you're just operating at this level. It's way below what you would normally operate on. So you're still quite functioning, did everything that um, I normally, you know, did with my family. I had a young family at the time. My boys were only very young. The girls were teenagers and, you know, got through life. I was pretty zombie-like a lot of days and, but I didn't want to let on how tired I was all the time, how fatigued and how low and then how depressed I became and how, uh, how much I cried and, and how much I really just couldn't see much point and, and couldn't see, you know, so that, that depression, that it's not low enough to, to, have, to have a breakdown or anything, but it's just you're constantly living your life, but also putting your mask on every single day. So I was putting that mask on every single day and I was doing that. I was very, very successful also because um, I had just come out of a triathlon career where I was very successful. And then I, I went into a, um, you know, bikini modeling and um, shaping, not, not modeling, but the bikini shaping competitions that you, um, that you train for. So I put myself into another form of training because I didn't have the endurance to continue training for, um, for triathlon. So coming into that phase really took me on this very, very long downward spiral. And I became very much a shell of myself. Now, I'm telling you this because when you become a shell of yourself and you end up asking yourself a question like I did, I just wondered if I had a soul anymore. I felt like I had no essence. I felt like I was so empty that I had no right even being here because I couldn't make a, a simple decision for myself. Everything was based on what was best for the people around me because I felt incapable of, of hearing my guidance. I felt incapable of knowing a direction that was right, whether it be what to wear or what to cook or what to eat or what to watch or what to order, any of those things. I would always need, you know, an outside influence to inspire me um, into making these decisions. And so that came to myself asking, you know, I wonder if I actually have a soul anymore. And until I declared, you know, and I've said all this before, till I declared that I, um, I said, you know, God, I, I don't have a soul anymore. I don't have a soul anymore. So I'm just going to let everyone, I'm going to let others tell me what to do because that seems to be the way to do it. And that felt like a big relief for me. And I felt like I had finally said what I was feeling, put it out there and made that agreement and said, right. Now, I didn't realize, of course, at the time that I was opening myself up to a lot of healing. Yes, healing. Yes, absolutely. And that's the path that I went on. But I was also opening myself up to um, a channel of evil that could and shadow that could really enter my body and and just hide in there in the in the background. So while I was undergoing all of the the beautiful healing sessions and kinesiology and meditations that were really really lifting my spirits and I was, you know, rising up in leaps and bounds in how I felt within myself and and I felt like I'll. Oh, uh, you know, I, I actually do have a soul and it's wonderful and my body's now communicating on all levels and I'm feeling, you know, like I'm, I'm getting back to, to the essence of who I am. And then I could make decisions for myself and then I could see where I was at in my life. And then, uh, then it was made aware to me or I was made aware of um, that I may have a presence that's not so light inside of me because as, um, and again, I've, I've told this many times as well, you know, I was kicked out of meditation class quite a few times and, 
you know, I, I guess I've never really looked behind. I did look behind the reasons for that. And I just thought that, you know, my, my spirit was very light. It just didn't want to be trapped in, in that energy. But there was, you know, there was a, there was a bit of fight going on. I wanted to be in this very light and spiritual meditation class. But whenever we were meant to do something together, like a chant or like hold hands and, and you know, do something that was really powerfully invoking um, a beautiful energy into the room, I would always do something to break it. Not always, but uh, often enough, often enough to get kicked out of meditation like four times altogether that, and, and told I couldn't come back until, you know, until she said I could. <laughs> so I was usually away for either two or four weeks at a time. In, and I was devastated. I was just beside myself that I could be turned away from the very thing that gave me hope to come to every single week. You know, I lived for this meditation. I really did. It was just changing my life. But I was being very disruptive. Now, I suppose I wanted to look at it from the point of view where, hey, I was the one that was okay. There was something wrong with everyone else. And don't get me wrong, you know, we've all got lessons to, you know, to learn and, and growing to do. Um, but that's how it goes, right? We always, you know, it's nothing wrong with us. It's someone else. It's them or them. It's her, their fault, her fault. She made me do it. It was only because of that I did it. So all the excuses and everything came out. And then I was guided by my meditation teacher that, um, you know, it was, it was also in a group session that she said, saying the name Christ, Jesus Christ, is something that darkness really hates. And it actually can't stay in the presence of you in its strength if you continue uh, to, to, you know, pronounce the name of, of Jesus Christ. And so... I had a prayer that I remembered from when I was young and um, it had the word Christ in it, you know, Christ, 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 Christ in nearly every line of the prayer. And I knew it, I knew it off by heart. So I used to say this prayer every time I felt this darkness um, sort of wave over me. And, I, and it was, after a while, I used to start to feel how it felt getting this shadow come over me. And it, it just felt, it felt nasty didn't feel nice at all. Just felt like dense. It felt like a dense shadow. And I'd never been able to, I'd never even thought you could feel energy before. I thought it was a whole lot of crap. I did not understand spirituality. I wanted to, and I had had time for, you know, a little bit of in the past, but didn't want to really, but I was feeling the vibration, whether it be good or bad around me. When it was bad, I would tighten up like you wouldn't believe. And, and I would just tighten like there was a vice tightening in on my head and and it was very very difficult to come out of it so um you know as time went on I was given a lot of tools including you know re repeating the name of Christ and this is as my gifts were starting to come into so there was a lot to lose on the side of shadow that was already in my body we all carry shadow guys there was a lot to lose for the side of shadow and darkness that I carried inside my body with the threat of this very enlightened spiritual gift coming through that I was going to bring through and help others to heal and to rise into their own uh, empowerment and into their own knowing and into their own light and their own, you know, journey, spiritual journey, and therefore the, um, the, the clarity of their life and what, what to do here in this life and um, sort of why we're here, so to speak, which there's never really one great reason it's sort of like our, our our life journey changes you know every few years really uh so I got to um to that level where I was uh doing a lot of things to help I was I was cleansing the energy I would get my little um, pendulum and it would you know clear energetic portals just like I still do now and it just every time I pick something up in my hand like that doesn't matter what it is I can hold my handbag out like that and it'll start to spin, all right, because it just picks up on the portal, on the energy, the way the energy is around me. And so I often create, you know, energetic portals if there's a lot of blockages around me. And as you can see, it goes off. It really goes off. And sometimes I can even turn it on its side and it spins around that way too. It gets so much momentum happening in it. And as you can see, I'm not actually making it spin at all. I don't even start the spin myself. So that's the energy. That's what I'm saying. That's the energy that's around us all the time. It's just there. Like I put something up and it takes off. <laughs> so I love, I love, love, love doing that. Um, so, you know, I would clear portals. I would say the name of Christ and I would... Um, 
I would also call on the protection of angels. You know, I'd ask God to send me uh, me angels and and everything. And even though I wasn't religious at all, I had sort of broken away from the Catholic Church and didn't believe because I thought, well, religion is, you know, I mean, God wasn't Catholic, and you know, Buddha wasn't Muslim. Uh, Buddha wasn't Buddhist, and um, Muhammad wasn't Muslim. Okay, they weren't a part of a religion. They were the person who was here, materialized on Earth. And came with lessons, which they're all identical, the lessons, you know, we're not here to cause harm. We're not here to kill. We're not here to maim. We're here to uplift and, and bring, you know, the best that we can live, live the best that we can and bring the best that we can to this life. So um, I started to become like, but, but that wasn't an easy journey. That took a long, long time. So I got to the stage where I was probably 18 months into that and it came to the time where I was going on my first spiritual uh, trip and that was to Machu Picchu at the end of 2012. There was a group of 22 of us going on that trip and, you know, the trip had its own little nuances and issues and ups and downs when you get a whole group of people together and they're all spiritual, you're going to get a lot of, um, a lot of ego there too, <laughs> a lot of people thinking that they're more spiritual than the other person and, um, and while it was mostly good, as with any group, there's always going to be the nee, 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 nee going on. All right. So, yeah, there was that. Of course, we're all human. Came to the time when we, um, oh, and I was kicked out of another meditation there because I broke the circle and I was spotted and I was dobbed in. So, <laughs> so and, and I still didn't really get, you know, I sort of thought what's wrong with me, but then I, I you know, I sort of went to the lighter side of that and I thought, well, you know, I, I carry my own vibration and my own vibration doesn't need all this right now. I'm, you know, so I thought, well, that was, that's best for me. But then came the Inca Trail and we, we um, trekked the Inca Trail, which was just amazing in itself. I'd highly recommend it if you can ever get there. And we, we uh, ascended at the Sun Gate into Machu Picchu and then we walked for God, about an hour and a half down to get to the ruins because from the, the pinnacle of the, um, you know, at, at dawn, so we, we left camp very, very early, climbed until we got to the peak, the Sun Gate it's called, and then we watched the sunrise. Our group all just, you know, got together and we re recalibrated ourselves. And then we began our um, descent down into the, the Machu Picchu ruins. And we, um, you know, we wandered a bit on our own and we wandered as a group and had some beautiful moments where we did some beautiful meditations in these very highly electrically energized areas. It was just almost magical. It was just beautiful could feel such a, a beautiful vibration of these ancient times and these people who created, you know, this beautiful space. And then we were just, you know, going around after that, there was a few of us, you know, chatting to each other within the whole group. And as I was entering into one place, this is where it gets a bit, yeah, and this is what I haven't really spoken about before. Um, speaking to this one girl, and we're just having a conversation and then my eyes just fixated on her and they wouldn't leave her. And it was like something overtook my body. And then she turned around to talk to me and I hissed at her. I won't do it at you. <laughs> I hissed like a snake would hiss at, at an enemy. It, I, it was like I was a reptile. I hissed at this beautiful girl <laughs> and I couldn't stop it. Could not stop it. Boy. Was, was my spirit, was my darkness being challenged in this moment? It was at the most holy space that I could have been at the time. And I, my whole vibration was rising into spirituality. And here was this evil rising up with, with me that thought that it was very, very safe. But moment by moment, by day, by week, by month, it was becoming more and more and more and more threatened from the time that I opened my soul and said, I have no soul. And it just went, zoop. And it found a place in there as well. So I had the battle of good and evil happening inside me. So from this, you know, it, it, I was hissing at this girl. I mean, the epitome of Satan. That is disgusting. And I wanted no part of it. And it scared the life out of me. Um, but as I said in the moment, had no control over it. And here I am on this spiritual tour and I just felt so I wanted to crawl into a hole after that, you know, after I came out of it, it was only a few seconds, 
came out of it. And, um, and of course, as anyone would do, that girl said, I'm sorry, I don't want to be around you anymore. And, um, and she just went and um, I would have done the same. I wouldn't have wanted to be around anyone who did that. So that gave me a lot of food for thought and fear and you know, a lot of questions. I continued on, uh, on the journey and everything sort of calmed down after that. But of course, you know, then everyone in the group would have known about that, wouldn't they? <laughs> and after that, we had a few, a few outings um, after that as well. And um, everything seemed fine. I was calm. I was back to, you know, I mean, I was in and out of that within, you know, a minute and I was back to being who I am nice and calm and peaceful and spiritual and, and you know, light. Um, and then when we got back to Australia, um, I requested a session with the, the leader and she had been my spiritual guide all this time. And I knew that she didn't want to do a session for me, but I had heard this message in my head and it was not, it was relentless. It was like, you have to have you have to have another session, another healing session. You have to. And it wouldn't let go. So I called and, uh, yeah, she didn't want to do the session, but she said, okay, she booked me in. Thank goodness. She booked me in. So I went for the session and, um, you know, it, it wasn't very pleasant because, yeah, she, you know, there, there, wasn't, there weren't good vibes between us at this stage. And a lot had happened in the, in the group energy as well. The whole group had all had their own growth on that journey, including her. She'd had a massive transformation on that journey. Her evil showed up too. I think everyone's evil showed up in some way. And she was going through her own crap, I can tell you that. So anyway, we had the session. And as it went on, I just kept praying, saying, please let her get out of her head and please let her listen to the actual essence of what this session is supposed to be. Because at this stage, she's just telling me what she thinks that I need to do to, you know, for, the, for this session to be successful. So anyway, I just closed my mouth and prayed. And eventually she said, okay, I'm just going to tune into the energy around you. And then she said, um, okay, let's get you up on the table. She put me up on the table. Um, if any of you done energy work with me, it's very similar to that. Put me up on the table. And um, pretty much from the time that she started to do the energy work on me, my body convulsed up and down. I swear, I if I wasn't jumping up on, like my whole body, jumping up and down on the table like this, there was stuff in there that did not want her working on it in a good way. Okay, so we went through that session. I don't know how long I was on that table for, but it was a long time. And the sounds that came out of her mouth and my mouth and the things that happened, it was like my intestines were wanting to be ripped out of my body. It was like my heart was like pulled up to the heaven and then pulled back down. I tell you what, if, they, if, if this wasn't an exorcism, I don't know what was. I don't know what was an exorcism if this wasn't. Um, and that's what I mean about freaking good and evil. We have the capacity for major evil. We just don't know how, um, we just don't know that, it, that it's hiding in our body. And I only knew because I was determined to follow my calling into my journey on this life and what I was meant to do from the moment I found out my, my, the evil that existed inside me was threatened like you, you can't believe right up to this point. So um, at this point, the session went on like that. It was exhausting. It was like, she, the, what she had to do to get to, to hold the space to actually pull that evil out. She saw what it was and she has told me it wasn't pretty and it's probably what you think it was. I'll say no more. Um, but she saw it leave. She saw it leave. It, it went out. And then the room became calm. I'll never forget it. I will never, ever, ever forget that. Then we both just slowly brought ourselves back. I mean, we were a mess. We were sweating. Our faces were just wet with tears. And our lungs 
had screamed themselves. I mean, it wasn't a quiet session. There was screaming happening in that room, screaming. There is evil. It is present. And if we allow it to stay inside us, it will take root. That's what it's like to get out. And that's only because I was consciously aware of releasing it because I had work to do. The work I had to do was such a threat to this evil because if I did work on helping other people rise up into their light, into their highest version of themselves, out of their shadow, out of their hooks of evil, if I did that, that's one less soul, one less soul, one less soul that the evil has its grip on. And all of a sudden it's loosening its grip on all of these souls that I touch with my work. It's my role here, guys. <laughs> you know, as a lot of people have their roles here to do that. It was then that I realised how important this is to understand that we all have evil within us. This has only just come back full circle in the last six weeks or so that I need to bring this forward. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, this live stream, but I haven't because I've wanted to say it in the way that it was meant to be said. I wanted to be guided in, in a way that, that you would understand and that you would relate. Um, I have also witnessed evil in clients. There's one particular client and it was his sister who asked me to, um, to do some work on him. And he came to my place. And just the, the sheer magnitude of effort that it took for him to get to my place was a testament to the evil that was in him and around him. He said his, his navigation system kept on blacking out and taking him off route. There was a force of evil that did not want to bring him. Anyway, he, he persevered and persevered. And he finally found my place and uh, my house. And he came in and, uh, you know, we started to chat and, you know, lovely, lovely looking guy and uh, told me a little bit of his, his past and um, how he'd battled with demons in, in addictions and how when, he's, when his addictions were present, the evil would just show up. But the evil disguised itself as angels and saints and so he had this belief when he was uh, not in his highest presence of his soul um, that that the it was saints and angels who were present around him guiding him um, I did my best to to eradicate what I could from him um, and the last session that I had with him um, I, I actually went to his place to do a clearing on his home, which is only very small. And as soon as I got into the doorway, I, I couldn't even go in any further. I had to stand at the doorway like this. And it was like I was, it was like th there was a force that wouldn't even allow me in. So I was standing in the doorway and my hands didn't come down from this. And I was just talking to him from there. And he was carrying on the conversation. And he was, you know, sort of saying, you know, you can come in if you like and sit down and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, no, it's all right. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll chat from here. And I'll do the clearing from here. So I did what I could from there. And I'm standing at his doorway. Uh, so my body has not gone in his doorway, in, into the house. It's still in the doorway. And uh, the doorway, you know, is open to outside. And the whole time I was there, I could not take these hands down because there was so much evil present and I was not welcome in that home. I was not welcome. A lot of time went by. I said, um, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm going. I've done what I can here. See you later. So I went and I came home. The next thing, a barrage of text messages started to come to me saying, I know what you were doing at the door. You let in all this evil into my house and I saw it and it was blah, blah, blah. And he went on a tirade. I had to block him because he was convinced that I was bringing all of these evil. See, his, it was so backwards what was going on in here because he had so many and he was drunk too. 
Okay, so, you know, I should have known he'd been drinking. There was, you know, a bottle of spirits there. Spirits, they're called spirits for a reason. They're going to enhance the whole spirit world around you when you start to drink. And you don't know what spirits you're going to invite in. So lay off on the spirits, guys. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've definitely noticed it there. And, and I want, I truly wanted to do more work with him, but I just couldn't, could never, could never go there again. Um, it was beyond, he was possessed, it was beyond, beyond me. Um, it was a vicious, it was a vicious attacking energy that I felt in there. Vicious, vicious, vicious. Um, the one thing I will say about evil is, is that it clothes itself in beautiful clothes and finery and with very, very good manners. It has pristine manners. Um, until it's seen. And when it's seen, it's not a force to be reckoned with because it will show. Has anyone seen the show Lucifer on Netflix? How when he is confronted with, with evil, he, he gets his devil face on, that ugliest, that demonic face just you know, comes up. You know, it's all just blood and veins and, and popping out. That's evil. It's on our screens. Okay, that show presents itself as light, but it's as dark as hell. I can tell you that it's as dark as hell, that show. So, but that's, it's in our face. Like I've said before, Hollywood, everyone in Hollywood, they are um, a part of a, a, you know, you might not believe me. There's a lot of evil in Hollywood. Um, so yes, it gets ugly and it shows its beastly face when it's threatened. Um, it's meant to glorify and make us actually feel sorry for Satan, that show. It's meant to glorify and make us feel like, oh, poor Satan. He was so hard done by. He was thrown, you know, cast into hell. But if you read in the uh, book of Revelations in the Bible, um, yeah, he was cast in because he, you know, he was one of the angels that was cast down. Um, to the underworld for very good reason. I'll leave you to read the book of Revelations if that's something you want to do. I was drawn to read it recently and, and you know, sort of brought a lot to light. Um, and all it wants to do is feed on human souls' energies because until you, until you submit to the devil somehow, uh, he can't completely have you. There'll always be that battle of him trying to get you. And... You know, the force of light, God, universe, the light energy, the lightest energy that you believe, however you want to describe that, the God force, um, that it never has to compete um, with us. It, it's, it's up to us. We have free will. The devil, Satan, energy, evil, waits for us to have a lapse in our judgment and then hooks in. It hooks in. Okay, it has to try really, really, really hard. And that's why we must submit to evil for it to pull the planet down as a whole. Because good is a natural way. It's what we were, it's, it's what we're born knowing. We are born with a distinct knowing of good from evil. As soon as we're able to, you know, separate a little bit from our mothers and from being totally dependent for absolute survival on our mother, um, as soon as we're old enough to understand, we know what's right and what's wrong. Fundamentally, not because we're told having that lolly, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, but well, it even does come down to food because it's what you hunger for. Okay. So you don't hunger for processed sugar from the time you come out of the womb. <laughs> you don't do that. Um, so, you know, our, our appetite is for truth. Our appetite is for the highest energy force. We go against, when we go against it, we feel ourselves. We feel that energy being forced down and we don't feel good. When we lie, we want to cover it up. When we steal, we want to deny it. We want to blame someone. We know it's wrong, but makes us feel good to not be judged or punished to blame someone else. Is that good? No. No, of course it's not. But look what happens in the courts. 
you know, look at our justice system. How many guilty people, guilty as sin, are free and roaming because of technicalities? Technicalities, not truth. They're not free because of truth. They're not free because they're innocent. Innocent people are trapped because the clever, wealthy, evil ones turned, satanically turned things around. Yes, I'm using all these words because I'm calling it for what it is, just calling it for what it is. I want um, to really, you know, raise the awareness of how much evil is currently perpetuating on our planet. It's just everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. I'm shocked. Um, yeah. How many times have you heard celebrities say, if you look, if you look for it, you don't have to look hard to find it. Oh, I sold my soul to the devil. Whoa. And they've got twitches and things because once you sell your soul to the devil, this is, this is what happens. Once you sell your soul to the devil, if you utter God's name or Jesus or Jesus Christ, you'll, you'll, you'll get body twitches like, you know, oh, God bless me, like that. You know, that sort of thing will happen because you've submitted to the evil and for, for Satan to hear God's name in a light uh, vocabulary, in, in a light vernacular, is going to be so threatening that it will, it will contort your body. It will contort your body. Mark my words. <laughs> It's out there. And I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I'm not crying. Um, horrific films depicting human sacrifice rituals. Remember that movie, Eyes Wide Shut? Truth in plain sight. That's all I'll say. Um, okay, so the next thing I want to talk about before I leave today, we're getting on a little bit in time, is about... Um, spells and witchcraft, which is another big thing that's, that's making its way back. Well, it's always been there. There was a very good reason why witches were seen as evil. I'm not saying that the witches that were burned at the stake deserved it, not at all, because a lot of so-called witches weren't witches at all. We, because a lot of us, you know, if you, if you believe in that, we were, a lot of us were witches in past lives and we were here to heal, to bring the light, okay? The um, evil was very, very threatened by that work. However, very conveniently, there were um, evil spells and, and evil, um, you know, Wiccans and, and, and witches that, that were for pure evil. And they did cast spells and they did concoct energy and they did steal energy and draw it down and work with it and make it evil. They did. They did. I have felt evil when I've walked in into the catacombs in, um, in Peru, in uh, Lima, in Peru, underneath a big cathedral there. Uh, I felt the coldness of hell. I did. That's where a whole lot of skeletons and, and it's, it's, a, it's a catacomb. So you've got boxes of skulls, boxes of femurs, boxes of, you know, hands and, and feet. And like, it's, it just chilled me to the bone, to the bone. And I had to just, again, you know, protect. And we had to do a lot of singing and everything down there to, to really help to raise a lot of the trapped souls that were down there. So many trapped souls, thousands of them. Oh my gosh, it was awful was meant to be just this, oh, let's tour the catacombs. Oh, yeah. But when you can feel energy, you don't just have a tour of the catacombs like that. You feel everything there is to feel down there. You feel the pain. You feel the dread. You feel the terror. You feel the sin that's just lying there all around you. It's despair and it's like a pit. It was shit. Um, The other thing, just before I go into that one bit more, is that with that, um, like with house clearings, I just did want to add there that um, when I've done house clearings, it's often been for people who've been referred to me because they've perhaps moved to a new house and all of a sudden they've either had a lot of illness that started to happen with the family members or the family just continually fights, continually fights. There's a lot of unrest in the house and that's how 
that's when they sort of pick. But, but a lot of people don't pick up on that. That's how marriages end, families break up because of the dark energy that's in the house, maybe from the previous tenants, maybe from the land that it's built on. A lot of ones that I've been to have had, you know, um, very, very um, dark shadows in the land beneath, which then calls me to go out and work on the land, you know, and in certain houses and in portals like air conditioning and, and shower drains and all that sort of thing where this dark energy lurks. You'd be surprised. So, yeah, so with, with the spells and with the witches, so there, there were evil witches, but then there were healers. Now, somehow healers came into the category of being witches and then they were blamed and they were burned at the stake because then the, the actual evil witches were hiding because they changed their clothing, I guess, and, and they hid. And so they exposed and wanted to burn at the stake all of the ones who were healers not witches, not, not, so then, you know, the whole spell casting, spell casting is a real thing. It happens all the time. Marketing casts a spell. Have you ever bought something you didn't want? Are you addicted to something you know is bad for you? Alcohol, McDonald's, KFC, blah, 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 clothes, shoes, handbags, makeup, blah, whatever. As spell casting, especially if you've got an affinity to a certain brand and uh, or or a certain thing that uh, that you know is not feeding your highest good. Okay, that's a spell casting time to break that spell. Time to break that spell. Raise your vibration. Change some habits, and it takes work. You can't just say a few magic words. It takes work. The first thing is becoming aware. First thing is becoming aware. Um, so just to talk about this, the, the um, spell casting in marketing. Um, I'll just read what I've got and then I'll, I'll expand on it. So there's a lot of talk about magic and spell casting, mostly in innocent context. So uh, that world is a dangerous place to tread unwittingly and uninformed. There's always some type of agreement entered into under the guise of having more of X, Y, Z, more of money, more happiness, more love, more health, more wealth, uh, more success, more, you know, better relationships. There's always that enticement, isn't there? If you have this, you'll get the man of your dreams. If you have this, you'll have the body of your dreams. If you have this, you'll earn so much money. So the question is, would you like to be under the spell of someone else's dream to get rich or be successful or have power over your emotions to fall in love with them or to be their worker bee or to honour them and put them on a pedestal? Because you are exchanging. You're actually entering into your side of the spell when that happens. When you're doing something that you feel and you know in your bones, in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, in every part of your being, that it's not in your highest interest and all the excuses. I'm just doing, I'll stay here for the next five years because it's really good money. I'll stay here for the next 12 months because of the kids. I'll stay here for the next blah, 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 because of blah, blah, blah. I'll stay here, whatever, whatever, whatever. There is something like that in your life, I know it. What do you value most that you are going to enter into an agreement that you know is not in your highest good, but you don't acknowledge. I don't think there's a need to go any further. I think that is the culmination of where we're at today. I, uh, I really hope that you do a little bit of thinking or have done, or maybe go back and listen and write some notes that you that, that came to mind for some things that um, I brought into your awareness today. Um, and now it's about, uh, well, continuing to identify what you're doing, where you're selling yourself short or selling yourself to someone who is, you know, in disguise, evil in disguise. The thing is the people who do entice you, they don't realize that they're evil in disguise. They're just playing the game of being the victim and wanting to blame someone else or use people. 
And that's it's a very dense energy and that's what we fall into. And that's how the world operates now more than ever. People use people. No one cares about anyone else. They only care about themselves and their highest good. Not their highest good. What's, what is going to make their life better, easier, richer. They only care about that. More and more and more and more, ego is rising to the very surface. And um, I see it all the time. You do too. Just becoming aware of it, you'll be able to pick it every single day, many, many times a day. As you hear, um, not only on the TV, but just in conversations and in general um, you know, articles, you will pick up the essence of blame and victimhood. And they are, that's where, that's where evil gets, gets itself in. It gets its little niggly um, talons in. And then it starts to pull and break threads and, and just get deeper and deeper until it's got a really good pull. And then it's easy to direct you, to steer you over here. Oh, that's not your fault. Blame them. Because you don't want to lose. You don't want to risk that. Blame them over there. And you know what? It is their fault. It is their fault. That's what evil does. Convinces you. It changes your whole perspective of what actually happened into a new story that I'm innocent. It's their fault. They made me do it. So therefore, they gaslit me or they blah, 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 blah. They were narcissistic. No, bring it back home. I don't care what it is. You can bring it back home and you can take responsibility because no one else has responsibility for your decisions. Nobody else. It's a big and heavy load, this message today. And I really thank you if you have listened all the way through. And um, because I do with, do this work, I would love to assist you if you have um, any questions about where to go from here and what's, you know, what's, what's the next best step to take. I would love to, uh, to assist you in that regard. Otherwise, you know, I wish you well. Um, on this discovery. If you'd like to join me for uh, my weekly meditations, that's a really good place to start. Uh, my website is up and running now, carmel.com.au. And uh, Facebook, Instagram, email, you can find me just by Googling me, easy peasy. Um, my sanctum healing email address is no longer in use. I don't receive anything from that. I accidentally completely lost it. <laughs> so not, not to sanctum healing. If that comes up anywhere, just cut that one. Okay. Anything else? Contact me over social media, um, YouTube. Yep. Just search my name, Carmel Crinian. Okay. Thanks, guys.